It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad. Day night. It's Friday night. Time to break out the Scrabble board and dip into Grandma's moonshine. That, along with Inside Sports, is a perfect evening. Thanks a lot for checking in tonight. Like John King from CNN, he must just dream about that red and blue board and touching the screen all the time. That's really all he's been doing since Tuesday. I guess he gets the occasional break. I wonder if he just has a little cot just off camera in the CNN studio, and then then they have that Mattingly, the younger guy, come on, and then they just kind of wake John King up, give him a coffee and a bagel, comb his hair. It's like, all right, go tap on that big board again. The electoral college votes, I, I don't even know the last time they changed. It's been 253 for 213 for a while. It's like a, a football game where nobody can move the ball after the first quarter. Grandma, what's the score? Still 7-6. That's what we're looking at. Anyway, hope you've had a great day. Hope you have a great weekend planned. Hope you're staying safe and uh, being smart. If you have the weekend off, hope you're able to find some time to uh, enjoy yourself or safely enjoy the company of loved ones. And if you're working tonight or working this weekend, well, that's okay. That's okay. Thanks for checking in on Inside Sports. Tell you what, I'm happy to hear from you. The number to call and text is the exact same phone number. It's 780-496-0063. And you can email insidesports at 630ched.com. I actually got a really uh, nice email today that uh, I'm going to have to get back to somebody. Uh, This texter says, I hate CNN, but John King has been stellar. Love that guy. Very good broadcaster. Uh, and to that texture, I wouldn't say I hate CNN, but I, I, I have some uh, I have some issues with some of their coverage. Someone working in broadcasting and in the media, I actually have a lot of opinions about channels, stations, individual broadcasters. I don't often share them because I don't think that's a productive way to be uh, a member of the media. There might be people I watch and listen to that I learn from. And sometimes you learn from somebody or from a station by thinking that's something I don't want to do or that's a way I don't want to present myself. But that that magic board, I don't even know what they call it, the magic board, the magic wall, that's an incredible tool, and his knowledge is very good. And I was talking about this with John Shannon last night. The, he gives context for everything, and, and that's what I like. He, he may zoom into a county, and you may see, okay, the, somebody is 20,000 votes ahead, but then he'll flash back to 2016, and you realize, oh, that county was decided by 5,000 votes, so that's actually lopsided, or the other way around. That four years ago, that county was decided by 100,000 votes. So now for it to be 20 is actually pretty close. So he's not just giving, he's obviously giving a lot of numbers, but he does them in a way that allows you to understand them and doesn't just leave you with the numbers bouncing around your head. And I will tell you this, if you don't mind me talking about this for a little bit, as someone who has done sports most of his career, I find that as a challenge as well. I think especially on radio, there's nothing, there's nothing visual about it. You can't put up a scoreboard or, or stat pages for people to read 
So I, I'm conscious of like, okay, you got to give the key numbers, but you can't just throw all numbers at people while they're driving around in their car or listening while they're making dinner or dipping into grandma's moonshine, something like that. John texting in, he says, read the last time I got into grandma's moonshine on a Friday in Edmonton, I woke up on Tuesday in Albuquerque. My goodness, John. Epic bender. That must have been some really good moonshine. I wonder how they came up with the name Moonshine. The Big L says, Reed, John needs to social distance from that board. Seriously. <laughs> well, I feel I feel like John King, like whenever this is, uh, whenever the election coverage sort of fades away or maybe they don't need that big board anymore, I think does John King just get a couple of weeks off where he, doesn't have to look at anything electronic or any sort of a screen. <laughs> Maybe he could just go lie on a beach and, and and read a book or, or or do whatever he wants. But yeah, he's kind of been. It's it's interesting. He's sort of been a star of the election coverage. And I know they've done the big board before. I just um, I, I just feel like uh, a lot more people are talking about him this time around. Probably because, like, oh, let's face it. Oftentimes the elections are decided Tuesday. Now, look, it, it's normal that. The, uh, the the counting the votes takes a while. I, I think it's taking longer this time because of all the mail-in ballots. But it's never in any election unless it's a, like for school president and it's, you know, like the Alder Flats High School and there's like 12 kids in the school. It, 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 the counting takes a while. It's just usually that the, the trends really indicate one way or the other, or the lead is large enough that you can declare a winner. I mean, I, I checked this morning, just as a matter of business, California always goes Democrat and it always goes Democrat by a wide margin. So I thought, I wonder where California is at California. And I, I haven't looked in the last few hours, but as of about 10 this morning, when I checked on my phone, California had only counted two thirds of the ballots but Biden was already had by like three or 4 million. So they don't even cover California. They don't even tell you what the count is at. They don't even bother telling you that they're not done. They just know, given this, the, the trend this year in California's history, um, that, uh, that the, the democratic candidate Biden is, is going to win. So it's interesting. Like there's been a lot of like, Oh, like why is Georgia only at 90% or Pennsylvania is taking so long. And then I realized like, Oh, it's actually, those States are actually going quicker than, uh, than some of the other States. Anyway, um, John King is good. He's on my TV in the background right now. <laughs> uh, the Big L says, Reed, why do you say there's nothing visual about radio? We all know that you are not wearing pants. Well, Big L, that is your own private visual- visualization. That is not something that I'm describing, nor will I confirm or deny uh, what you just texted into the, uh, into the show. Doreen says, Reed, it is called moonshine because it was made in the dark using the moon's light. Okay, well, that makes sense because Doreen, I'm assuming you, you it, it, Doreen, look, I'm going to just assume that you have firsthand experience of making moonshine under the moonlight. That's why you were so quick. I just pictured Doreen. She's, uh, she's out in the backyard, probably, I don't know where, uh, where Doreen would live, maybe up by Chipman probably somewhere by Chipman Doreen and uh, you're in your backyard, but the full moon's going and you're, you're mixing up the moonshine and then you kind of see some lights in the, in the distance and, and you see the, the flashing, the flashing lights of the police officer and you, and you quickly pack everything away and you go sit on your porch and then you're just innocently kind of uh, you're probably doing some knitting maybe. And the, the cops show up and they're like, Hey Doreen, 
You wouldn't be mixing some moonshine, would you? And like, no, officer, I'm just knitting. I don't even know what moonshine is. That's what I picture your life is like, Doreen, and that's why you do the answer so much. Anyway, we got Mark on the line. Is this former D-man Mark or another Mark? This is that guy. I can be oh. both if you like. <laughs> yeah, what's going what, what do you want tonight, buddy? I'm surprised you know, to hear you know, from Reed, you. I'm pleasantly I, I never surprised. once was envisioning you doing this broadcast without pants. I, I pictured you more as like a Bermuda shorts, uh, like Hawaiian t-shirt kind of guy. But, I mean, maybe I'm, maybe I'm off on that. No, I, I, you're talking election. It's kind of right up my alley. And then I want to talk about my top seven Canadians, if Canadian teams, if that's all right with you. Well, I, I specs coming up right away. How quick can you be? I'm going to be very quick. I'll be okay, extremely quick. You know, you know, the thing that I want after this whole thing is all said and done is that I want our, 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 the Liberals and Democrats and uh, Republicans and Conservatives amongst us, I am really sick and tired of, of uh, people disparaging each other and vilifying each other because of who they vote for. And I know that seems to be more left-wing, uh, you know, chastising right-wing, but I just get sick and tired of people talking about how this person is uneducated, they're ignorant, and, you know, those in glass houses this should not cast stones so that's where i wanted to go with that but bob had a thing on earlier in regard to top seven if there is a canadian division and i'd like to say that uh, the way it stands right now i'm going to have to say that edmonton would finish first so i would rank them first i would rank toronto second had Vancouver not traded their goalie away to, or didn't trade their goalie away, sorry, had they not had their goalie poached away by Calgary, I would have put uh, Vancouver second. Uh, because of that, I'm going to put Vancouver third, maybe, maybe Calgary fourth. Those two teams, I think, are almost interchangeable. Montreal fifth, uh, Winnipeg sixth, and... Uh, Ottawa seventh for obvious reasons. What All are right. your thoughts on that, Reed? Uh, I'll do more later because I got to get the spec. Okay, that's Mark, uh, former D man, Mark. I'll try to get my Canadian team rankings in later, largely because I got to think about it because I, I wasn't planning on talking about that tonight. <laughs> Specters up next. want to get to uh, Mark Spector here from sportsnet.ca used to write for the Edmonton Journal used to be on CJSR <laughs> and I, I I think he's golfing tonight so I can't take too much time with him not even gonna is that what you're doing are you indoor golfing yeah as a matter of fact two friends a uh, very small group a couple of uh, two couples getting together to play a little bit of indoor golf something to do man you got to do something in these winter nights don't you Good, absolutely. Okay, uh, we, I, we got, I know you got to get to that, and we only got you for a few minutes. Worry, I got lots of time for you, Reed. Okay, well, th- thanks for jumping on. I, I want to get to this because you and I talk fairly regularly about Sports Central uh, at Sports Central underscore AB on Twitter, and uh, you di- you didn't get to have your big golf tournament this summer, spec, but man, what a year! I mean, people really stepped up anyway. Yeah, it is amazing. Uh, it just it goes to show when when you know the people who are 
we call our partners at the Mark Spector Golf Classic. They're not, you know, they love to play golf, and we all miss the game. We all miss going to the quarry and, you know, having a cold beer and enjoying each other's company and giving away some jerseys and all of that stuff. But when we uh, phoned around, when it became clear we couldn't have the tournament, uh, I phoned most you know, all of our sponsors, and there wasn't a single person that asked for their money back. Even the golfers that had paid to play, uh, most of them left their money behind with us, said, you know what, spend it at Sports Central, spend it on the kids. So, uh, read everyone's hearts were in the right place, even though it's been a tough year economically for everybody. Uh, and I think they all realize it's a tough year economically for Sports Central as well, and we raised, uh, you know what, we raised right around $100,000, and we never put a spike in the ground this year, so I think that speaks very well for everybody involved with the tournament. Yeah, that, that's awesome. And look, I, I think in our listening region, most people know what uh, Sports Central is and what everybody does there. But uh, I always hope there might be a few new people tuning in or some new Edmontonians. SportsCentral.org. It's SportsCentral.org. You'll see a nice picture of spec there. Basically, they're looking for uh, gently used equipment for kids, skates, bikes, ball gloves everybody knows the list and you can still you can help anytime doesn't have to be in the summer christmas is coming up maybe um maybe you can help somewhere there so that is how uh, people can help spec i'm going to throw a couple other ones at you for fun here before we go uh justin turner from the la dodgers no punishment for taking part on field in the world series celebration we had jamie campbell on the show the day after the world series he used to work here in edmonton and he said they got to throw the book at him they didn't throw anything at him not even a (laughs) high hard one inside well i think his punishment will be that from now on when you see that red-haired guy justin turner you go wasn't that that dough head that ran out in the field with COVID (laughs) at the end of the world series (laughs) that's a suspension that's never going to get lifted man like that he'll live with that and I don't know. You know what? It's it's yeah. Sure, they, there should have been some version of punishment, but what's what? The damage is far long done, and and I think it's frankly emblematic of what's going on south of the border that that would happen there. You know, that that here's a guy gets pulled. First of all, the whole thing was ludicrous. They pull him out in the middle of the game. I mean, he's been out there half the game, and then they pull him off with COVID halfway through the game, and then there he is posing for the team picture it was ludicrous uh baseball was lucky that they got through it the way they did and oh my god let's just move on from justin turner please can we do that <laughs> uh baseball itself did, did you watch like I, I hardly ever watch a full game anymore and that i like in the 90s i would watch entire games spend the night in front of the tv even late 90s early 2000s when the blue jays and expos weren't very good have is has your interest in the sport dropped off um, no, I can still watch ball. I don't, uh, you know, that's a good question. I guess I suppose I don't, I don't invest four and a half hours quite as lightly as the guy used to. Baseball's in trouble there, you know, and, and I'm a baseball guy, man. I grew up playing the game. It was, it's, it's dear and dear to my heart. I played enough baseball for any 10 men, I think. Uh, I don't care if I ever play again, to be honest. <laughs> but And I love the game, and I appreciate the game, and I think I, you know, I kind of know the game a little. Um, but it's 2020 now, Breed, and people don't have as much time as they had even 10 years ago. People certainly don't have as much patience as they had, you know, 10 years ago. And baseball is still putting out a product that takes a long time and moves along awfully slow and you know, we always talk about the CFL and how 
they need to figure out how to get kids involved in the next generation or they're going to have a hard time because it's a pretty blue hair crowd some days. Well, I'll tell you what, I think baseball is going down the same road. Today's young kid, uh, they don't wait around four hours for a gripping conclusion anymore, man. They hit fast forward and they get there a lot quicker than that. That's going to be baseball's issue. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, before I let you go, Cahoon for the Oilers, they uh, the Lagason's coming back, which uh, yep. didn't surprise me. I think he's going to be a depth guy moving forward. Maybe he's even a seven, eight, nine throughout his career. Uh, I I do think the Oilers can be better five on five. I happen to think the power play can be just as good or better. I know people laugh at me. I still wonder about goal prevention and prevention. And clearly, I think the PK. Uh, is going to drop off. Those are my Cole's notes. Agree or disagree? You no, know, I agree. I agree. I have no problem. Their power play is going to be really, really good. Is it going to be first or second or third? Whatever. It's going to be awesome. It's always going to be with that group. Um, but I think we learned that, you know, we, what we're learning here in Edmonton is you can have the best power play and you can have the Art Ross Trophy winner and the Hart Trophy winner and all that. It doesn't guarantee you any team accomplishments whatsoever. So, uh, you know what? I'll say this. Ken Holland's building his team. He's building the offense first. Let's say that. You know, he's added what he needed to add offensively. Uh, Tyson Berry's a nice add with Oscar Clefbaum looking like he's not going to play. That's okay. But you're, the, the turnaround on what you lose defensively there is massive. I mean, it's massive. Uh, we're asking a lot out of Caleb Jones here, and Ethan Bear has to take another step and all those things. But this is a really good regular season team. Reed, I've had this conversation with Bob a couple times now. I look at their top nine wingers, and outside of uh, Zach Cassian, they're all small and light, and Edmonton has got too many of the same player. If they're going to have playoff success, they got to add some beef. they got to add some bigger guys that are harder to play against. Uh, Dominic Cahoon, Kyler Yamamoto, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Tyler Ennis, you know, all those guys are in your top nine on the wings. Uh, Kyle Turris isn't a big man. You know, there's, they need some size at some time. I, I get it. It takes a while to build a team, and they're not there yet. But that will have to happen before I look at this as a playoff team. How about you? Uh, I think they can get back in the playoffs. I don't think they're on. A, they're a shortlist Stanley Cup contender. That's yeah, my that's Cole's notes for that. Yeah, I think they're an excellent regular season team, and I, I, I'm sure I'm quite sure they'll make the playoffs. That is fair. But when I say playoff team, I mean a team that I'm going to pick to win rounds, two, three rounds. Yeah, uh, they got to get. They got to get bigger. They got to get bigger and stronger. There's no question in my mind. All right, Spec. Have a great evening. I got to run for the news and weather here. John Scott's coming up. If you have time to catch a few minutes of that, and I believe you and or Gene will be on in the next couple weeks for some other exciting Sports Central stuff. So I look forward to that. Absolutely. Thanks a lot for having me, Reed. Mark Spector, senior columnist, Sportsnet.ca. He's with Sports Central. Awesome organization. Check him out online. Back after the news. Thank you very much for tuning in tonight. Appreciate the text coming in about moonshine after a little bit of discussion in the first half hour of the show. Peter from Wainwright says, Reed, I've always imagined that you are sitting on your couch with a snuggy blanket gown with two TVs in the background drinking fruity cocktails with a little blue and orange umbrella, maybe green and gold during the CFL season. Peter, that is a vivid image. I can assure you I uh, 
I look nothing like that. <laughs> wow, what a description. I, I will say this. I, I don't do the show on account. If you're talking about me during the show, I, I, I am literally, though, doing the show in a rocking chair. I may have mentioned that before. I, uh, I, I proudly own a rocking chair. I, I find it very comfortable. I asked for a rocking chair for Christmas when I was a teenager in the 1980s. Now, my parents by that point were already used to be me, me being quite an unusual child. They obliged and got me a rocking chair. I still use it. Uh, I'm not even sure what a snuggy blanket gown is. Uh, just one television in, in the room. And I have a very strict rule. I do not drink alcohol during a show. I do not drink alcohol uh, before a show at any time during the day because uh, I think that'd be unprofessional, and I'm worried that I would might do that and then have a really good show and then start thinking like, oh, I had one beer with lunch, now I'll have a couple, and then still do the show. And so, but if I was gonna uh, if I was going to have a drink during the show, it would most likely be beer. Though there are some cocktails I enjoy, specifically whiskey sours. There, Peter. Now you know everything about my life. Are you happy? God. Just, man, Peter, he just ripped me open. <laughs> no, that was a good text. 780-496-0063 is the number to call or text. All right. Oh, this guy's on the show. Uh, John Scott's on the show. I should disclose here, John, as we bring you in, you were supposed to be on the show last Monday, and uh, you, you got a text from me like uh, not with not very much notice that uh, obviously Joey Moss had had passed away. And of course, you, you totally understood that uh, we we're going to have to postpone your segment. So thanks for adjusting and thanks for coming on tonight. And, and, and thanks, obviously, for, for understanding how important Joey was, not just to the Oilers, but I think to uh, our community and the hockey community. Yeah, hockey community in general. I was um, really saddened to hear his passing. And, you know, I, I kind of didn't know him at all, but just seeing him around the rink in Edmonton, it was, it was really sad news. So no problem, no problem at all. Yeah, how's uh, how's life, man? Are you keeping in shape? Are you keeping busy? Obviously, routines have changed for a lot of people. No, I'm keeping busy. I, I just we just had our sixth kid um, three and a half months ago, so I'm chasing the rug bats around. We're in the process of moving, so that's always fun. Life never dull, to say the least. Okay, uh, six kids. What uh, what would you mind if I ask the age range and any athletic pursuits they're involved in? The oldest one is eight. I have a six-year-old. I have twins that are four, a three-year-old, and then a four-month-old. So athletic pursuits, nothing yet. Like, they're all – they, they all ski. They all skate. They all, you know, play sports. They, they kind of just do whatever, but nothing serious. They're, they just kind of uh, do whatever they want. They're all girls, so it doesn't say anything. But, yeah, they, they just kind of play around and play tea party and princess every single day. Uh, are the eight-year-old old enough to have a little bit of memory of what dad did for a living or not really? No, she gets it. They were they were at the All-Star game, and it's funny. Now I'll go and play because we, we have a Sunday night league, and she every time I come home, she's like, why didn't you win a trophy? I don't understand because every time she equates me going to play hockey, she just like instantly insinuates that I'm going to come home with a trophy or a car, and she's just like, where's all of your stuff? Why didn't you win anything? So it's just really, it's funny. Now, are you playing with other ex-pros, or are these just kind of neighborhood and community buddies? No, just local guys. I'm, it's, it's unbelievable. I'm the best player on the team. I'm like, you need a goal? I got you guys. It's unbelievable. It feels good to be the best player for once. <laughs> Does anybody ever uh, challenge you in the physicality department? 
Not once a year, someone will, you know, bail up, puff their chest and try to act tough. And they'll, now, you know, it's all fake in the NHL and this and that. They'll try to, you know, act tough and I'll just throw. There's only one time where I drop my gloves. I'm like, are right, you think you're tough? Let's do this. Like, I'm not messing around. And he, he backed away and he kind of realized what he was up against. But, yeah, they, they just talk smack. It's a talky. I, I actually enjoy it. It's like, all right, you're going to talk smack. Let's go. <laughs> you're, you're six foot eight, obviously. How close to your playing weight are you, or have you maintained it? I've maintained. I'm in decent shape. Like I said, I don't like you. I don't drink too much. I, I kind of maintain a healthy lifestyle. It's not like I hit the gym every week, but I just, you know, I'm I'm, I'm not some fatso who sits down and eats hamburgers and chips all the time. I eat good. I treat my body right, and I just, you know, keep the weight off. So I, I'm in pretty good shape, actually. Well, you're a busy guy, obviously, uh, with with six kids, and you're moving, which is, uh, I was talking to a buddy today who uh, is going to be moving soon and and lining that up. Are are you moving within the same community, or are you changing cities? No, just like uh, 12, 20 miles down the road. Yeah, not not too far at all, not even that far. So it's just the, the physical thing of moving. It's just the worst. With six kids around your ankles, it's not fun. Right. Well, uh, you're you're working hard, and I, I know you're an energetic guy. We love having you on the show. You usually check in with us a couple times a year, so we appreciate that. John Scott is on the line. Hey, how much of, of the playoffs were you able to kind of uh, – I, I know it's been over now for a while. I, and honestly, John, I'm not even sure how many weeks because I lose track of the days of the weeks. But did, did, did you soak in a lot of the, the postseason and kind of follow the journey for Tampa Bay and Dallas? Did you get drawn into it? Yeah, I did. Well, I'm, I'm good friends with Joe Pavelski, and I'm pretty good friends with Mark like Gaudreau. So I had that connection where I talked to those guys quite a bit. And it was just, it was fun. It was interesting. It was a change of pace. So I didn't think the playoffs were going to happen. You know, I kept tabs on I kept tabs with the guys. Because I do my podcast now, so I'm kind of this insight. with my questions and asking them stuff and then using it against like, behind their backs and stuff like that. You know, it was it was fun. It was, it was a different kind of playoffs, which was unique and like I said. Joe Pavelski, um, like, is he in the category where we start calling him an ageless wonder? I, I guess his goal total dropped off a little bit this year, didn't get to finish the whole season, but then in the playoffs, he's got like half a goal per game. I mean, just incredible. He's, and he's around the net and around the puck all the time. He's one of these guys who never got the respect he deserved, right? Because he consistently gets 40 goals a year. And it's the quietest 40 goals I've ever I've ever seen in my life because he's done it not one, two, three, four years. He's done it for a decade. And I don't think he's ever won a major award. I don't think he's ever gotten any recognition for what he does because he's he's been hidden in San Jose and now he's hidden in Dallas. So I don't know. Is, is there another superstar? Or he's not even considered a superstar. Is another guy who scored as many goals who doesn't get any recognition because when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It, it's bizarre. You put him into the market like Edmonton, and he's he's the, the talk of the town. Yeah, I mean, uh, 41, 37, 38, 29, 22, 38, and then this past season, uh, 14. Well, and even you can go back and find a whole bunch of other years so above 20 goals and a couple more above 30, 369 now for, for his, his career. And the way, the, but the thing that strikes me about him, John, is 
he scores so many different ways, like backhand, tipping pucks, in tight, mid-range wrist shots. It, it, look, I know, I know maybe the odd player scores more. Ovechkin, you know, Dreisaitl had his, his 50. But it's just, I, I feel like Joe can hurt you from any area of the ice. Well, he scores the, the ugly goals, right? The, the goals that you don't really notice. You can make the highlight reels when you watch TSN or SportsCenter or whatever it may be. He's the guy who gets the rebound, gets the tip, gets the shot from the slot. Like, it's, it's not a highlight reel end-to-end goal or Ovechkin one-timer. And listen, I played with this guy for years. He works on it. And it's unbelievable to see him just sit in front of the net for an hour straight and have five defensemen bomb shots at him for like 30 minutes straight. It, it, it's crazy to see his work ethic. And he, his hand-eye is second to none. I played with some guys who got decent hand-eye. Like Andrew Burnett was a guy who could tip anything and perhaps just makes him look like a child because he's so good at it. And he would have guys push him around. So the shot would come. He's like, give me a shot. So he's falling down. He's trying to tip it. Like, it, it's amazing how good he is around that net. Okay, so you played, I mean, you were on several teams. Uh, I mean, you got up to 300 games and a few more in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so do players, so you've seen a lot of different players practice and their habits. Do offensive players spend enough time working on deflections? Because you know I work with Rob Brown, and he he really admires guys who can tip the puck. And he says, like, if, if you can find two or three extra goals a year even, uh, on a deflection that could help your team and help your salary down the road. Is that, do enough guys specifically work like Pavelski did on deflecting pucks? Oh, absolutely not. Because it's not a sexy thing to do, right? It's, it's not fun in practice to sit in front of the net and have a D-man rip a, rip a slap shot at you. Because every 10th or 20th shot, that's going to get away from him. It's going to hit you in the stomach or hit you in the cap or hit you in the hip. And it hurts. So it takes the guys who have that work ethic, who has that foresight, who's like, you know what, this is going to extend my career. I'm going to get a couple more goals, like you said. It's going to help me in a pocketbook a little bit. And he just enjoys scoring goals. So it, it just takes a different type of personality because, no, I've been on like seven or eight teams, I think, and I, I could name the guys on two hands who do that consistently for the whole season, tipping pucks, doing the hard work, doing it every single day. Because it's, it's a very rare trait to have someone who can do that day in and day out. Yeah. Well, Rob talks about that all the time. And he talks about one time in the puck all the time. And Leon's goals went up here in Edmonton because he added that sharp angle one timer to his game. You've probably seen him score for there. And sometimes it even went off the goalie and in. But Rob even said, get it away, get it away quickly and just hit the middle of the net. It's you know, if the goalie's not set, it's going to go off the goalie and go in. Yeah, it's not rocket science. It just takes and you think it's simple, but it's not because you have to do all these drills and all this other thing. And you have to practice. And the last thing you want to do is get dressed to go out there a half an hour early and work on this one skill that you may never use in a game. But you see the guys who are superstars. You see the guys who work at it day in and day out, and they know what it takes. And those are the guys who really excel. And listen, I, I played it, and I didn't do it. I, I would get on the ice and try to work on my skating because I was terrible. But these guys, they have all the skills, and for them to take that extra step, it's special. I don't know all the guys do it because all these guys, there's a lot of guys who are skilled. There's not a lot of guys, like you said, Dreinsidel, like the Pavelskis. They go the extra mile, they work, and you can tell they're so good. All right, John, a couple more for you. John Scott joining us tonight Inside Sports. Okay, the way I understand it, uh, you might have irritated some people. You got your Dropping the Gloves podcast and you didn't like something the Blackhawks did, I'll let you put it in, in your own words and, and the reaction you've been getting here. Or maybe you didn't irritate well, people. I don't know. 
<laughs> no, it's just it just drives me nuts. So the Blackhawks made a couple moves. They got rid of Corey Crawford and they traded for Hawks fan, they had a little tizzy, and they're like, oh, you know, we don't like this. We like the Hawks when they were winning cups 10 years ago, and they got really upset. And they tweeted a little bit, and they sent out messages on Instagram and all this Facebook junk. And so the Blackhawks, for some odd reason, caved and went to speak to the fans apologizing and saying, we, we're really sorry, and we're, we're really trying to be a winner, and, you know, we'll do our best to to make it up to you guys. And I thought that was a complete embarrassment. And I just ripped the Hawks, and rightfully so, because they're an original 16. They have this standing in the league. I, I would say, arguably, they're probably one of the top five franchises in the league, if not top three. And to kowtow to your fans because a couple Twitter trolls didn't like a trade that you made, they give me a break. And that just got me in a whole rant about how kids these days are so entitled and they think they're they're entitled to have all this say in what happens. And it just drives me nuts. And so I just ripped them. And I ripped them a good one. And then all these Chicago fans didn't like it. <sighs> it is what it is. It's like, don't apologize for a trade. You know, own up, man up, and say, listen, I made a trade. Suck it up. Deal with it. That's just, I don't know, that's my stance. Oh, that's good. Before I let you go, uh, the Dropping the Gloves podcast, uh, how, do you, how do you like doing it? Who, who are you on with? No, it's just me and my buddy Tim. It's just a pretty low-key podcast. We talk about hockey. We talk about life. We're just going to keep it loose like you do, Reed. So it's, it's fun to stay in the game, you know? That, that's the whole reason behind it. All right. Well, thanks for checking in. Obviously, uh, you're busy. Maybe you have a hockey game tonight. I don't know, but you got the kids to, to look after. We'll do this again, John. Thanks for checking in. All right. Thank you. Enjoy your game. There, there, there we go. That is John Scott, uh, former All-Star Game MVP. I uh, love talking to him. He can kind of touch on anything. So I, I, he's six foot eight, and I said, "Are you still around your playing weight?" He said, "Yeah, pretty much." Like John is six foot eight, two sixty, and he says every year in his rec hockey league, he always gets that one guy who challenges him. I'm sure some of you are really good hockey players. Maybe you played junior wherever, and you had to fight. But if you were in a rec hockey league with John Scott, would you really go looking for trouble? Even if you didn't know he was John Scott, would you not think maybe I'm not gonna gonna try to take on the six foot eight guy in a rec league game? <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe that's what happens. Maybe, maybe I'm I'm the one missing the point. But I would think once you're in rec league, uh, maybe proving yourself in uh, <laughs> in that regard wouldn't be a priority. Anyway. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three to text. Uh, David says you're also a fan of a nip of our coffee liqueur, if memory serves me. Yes, the Black Diamond Distillery in St. Albert makes a very good coffee liqueur. Uh, what is this from Daryl? Daryl, that's a funny text. But I think I've, I think I'll leave that one between you and me for sure. Luke responding to what Spec was saying, he says the Oilers have to get bigger for the playoffs but not at the cost of speed and do not trade Nuge. He is their best two-way player for sure. That is from Luke. Well, I don't think Speck was, was talking about trading Nuge, uh, but I do think he was just suggesting they need uh, perhaps a little more of that grinding element once uh, they do get into the postseason. And I do think they can get back there. Okay. Mark asked earlier to rank uh, for me to rank the seven Canadian teams. So I'll put some thought into that during this three minute commercial break. <laughs> And give you my, my list when we get back.
Thanks a lot for tuning in. Scoreboard update. Kellen, do we still have our little scoreboard update? Um, the little uh, jingle on the voice? Do we still have that? Uh, I'm not seeing it, unfortunately. I could try and imitate we... it, though, if you want. No, check that. <laughs> Did you have the elements folder open? I think it's in that yes, one. Yes. Um, I don't see it in there. Sadly. Well, that's greatly disappointing. Mm. Now everything's ruined. Yeah. Somebody better drop off some moonshine to make my night worthwhile. Scoreboard update. Well, it was... Yeah, what happened? We lost our scoreboard update. We also lost the uh, Bob Layton. It's Friday as well. I don't have that either. Really? Yeah. This is this is the only thing I have in that folder that is... Uh, we're playing with. Whoa. That's not what I was saying. But anyway... Okay, you got to check. Do you have the uh, open the text line, Kellen? Somebody sent in a punk cover mm-hmm. of the Littlest Homo th- Hobo theme Ooh. that we usually play at the end of the show. Okay, so check that. Make sure it's uh, no naughty language. Though so Sheldon yeah. texted this in, I don't think he would do that to us. Yeah, but yeah. we got to double check the stuff we put on. Yeah, uh, a band called Reefer Madness. Nice Edmonton punk band, and I, they did a Littlest Hobo theme. So we're gonna play that. At the, uh, at end, the end of, the, of show. the show. Okay. For the cool. last minute of the show. We lost the Bob Layton. It's Friday. I have a new one. I had to put it in still. Well, they all sound the same. <laughs> like, it's, not like, it's not like Bob's remix yeah, is It's Fridays. But but everything is like, uh, it's gone. Like, I'm, I'm looking right now at just a void of white. <laughs> somebody, somebody erased all their stuff. This is, this is the only clip that's left in It's a conspiracy. This is the only clip that's left in there. Wow. That's all I can say is, wow, what a job by these guys. That's Phil Esposito at the end of the Stanley Cup Finals this year. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't you have the, uh, do you have the the Bill Belichick It's Friday? Nope. That's, that's gone, gone too. too. Well, you got to re-record all that stuff. Yes, I have to refine all this stuff. That's the only reason I work all week is just to hear you play those at the end of Friday. Right? Show. You know, yeah. a lot of people Other than that. that. Uh, Other than that, I'd be packing. Anyway, the scoreboard update is for about uh, 48 consecutive hours, if not more, Biden 253, Trump 213. Shooting for both teams has gone cold as they try to get to 270. Uh, anyway, I'm sure you've all been following the election throughout the day. I just thought I would throw that in just in case you were wondering if there was an update or a uh, winner or anything like that. There is not. They continue to count. And like I said off the top of the show, they're counting in pretty much every state. It's just it's come down to the five or six states that they're uh, that they're paying attention to that are going to decide it because of the Electoral College. Okay, former D-man Mark wanted me to rank my Canadian teams from whatever. So these are my Canadian team rankings from bottom to top uh, right now, at least two months before the season is going to start. Ottawa's last. I have Winnipeg six, Montreal five, Vancouver four, Toronto three, Edmonton two, Calgary one. That's for regular season finish. That's, those would be mine right now for uh, regular season performance. Ottawa last, Winnipeg sixth, Montreal five, Vancouver four, Toronto three, Edmonton two, and Calgary one. I, I can't remember what Mark had. I wasn't writing it down. I know he had Ottawa last. <laughs> I think everybody would have Ottawa last. There you go, Mark. It's all taken care of now. Now you can go play Scrabble with Grandma. Play the cue. It's worth a lot of points. 
Oh, Dave Campbell's coming up next. He's the producer of the show. Steve Sir is coming up as well. You can continue texting or calling 780-496-0063. We'll talk to you in a couple. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.